Hey everybody, welcome to this latest edition of Like It or Not with Big Ben Shady. I am your host for the evening, Big Ben Shady, and uh, coming to you tonight from this table. Um, just wanted to uh, touch base tonight. I'm going to go a little bit in a couple different directions regarding the show. I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk about first... Got a little rum and coke tonight. Laying back, it's Friday night. Um, gonna go first talk about, um, give a little update with regards to my wife and everything, what's going on with her and her prog how she's progressing and what's the next step that's going on for her right now, how we're handling everything. And when I get done with that, then I'm gonna speak from the heart tonight. Shit that's been on my mind, shit that I shouldn't have really thought of, but I just, everything that was happening, it was scary time for me, and I was playing the worst case scenario, and uh, when you listen to this podcast, I don't want you to feel depressed by anything, but this is just me getting off, speaking from the heart and the soul, how I felt, you know. And I'm glad that things, you know, didn't turn out worst case scenario. But I'm just going to spew off about, you know, a worst case scenario, what I was thinking, you know. But um, follow me on social media, regular Facebook, Ben Marcheski, Benjula12 on Twitter, mainly on that Twitter. You can send me a message and shoot me a line, you know, any what you th think of the show and everything and any ideas and suggestions and what other, you know, what not, you know, drop me a line, uh, Instagram, Polish guy you love to hate. I'm on Snapchat there, Big Papa Ben 78. Same thing with, uh, TikTok. Giving a little shout out to my homie Whiskey Nick tonight. Um, might be getting together with him tomorrow for a joint podcast. And that, uh, that'll be later on in the evening. I'm going to jump on that joint simulcast, so you know, be in good luck here tonight. You're going to get uh, two podcasts in a two-day period and have some uh, material to listen to. So, let's get down to uh, the nitty-gritty. Um, as I spoke in the last podcast, me and the wife, we come down with the battle of the COVID. My wife, everything took, uh, she took a hard hit with it. Worse than I did. I recovered in a three to a half, four day period. And her, it's still been a lingering process. And, um, you know, after the COVID left her lungs and her chest and her sinuses and everything, how it's affected her body into the inflamed sp spine. Um, she did come down with transverse mellitus. I may have butchered that on the last podcast, but transverse mellitus, you can look that up on a Google search and it explains basically it's a inflamed, inflammation in the spinal cord caused by viruses and sickness and everything. And um, found out a little bit more, you know, it was, it was due with the COVID basically. COVID screwed up her spinal and that where she lost feeling in her lower body. And, um, found out too, that it's also a little bit of a mixture. Your immune system is weak. Um, she does have a history of just, of, uh, 
little um a little tickle in my throat. I'm not getting sick or nothing. Um, she does have a history of uh family history of diabetes. She was, she was borderline diabetic. Everything prior, you know, when before you know she lost her feeling and that. Um, we're at a week later after everything happened. She is out of the main hospital she was being treated for. Um, she had plasma treatments, all five plasma treatments that were in her body. Got fresh new bla- uh, fresh new plasma. Got rid of the old uh, plasma and the, with the virus and everything. And now, yeah, I have to wait. Like her last treatment was today on a Friday. You know, and give the body an overnight feeling for the plasma to work and everything and knock out what's left of this virus and the antibody or no not the antibodies fighting the virus and that was what was left of the virus. And that and that she'll have the new fresh plasma that cleaned out her system and everything. Um still getting the numbness in her legs. And that, no feeling, not able to walk. But she, past couple days, she showed, uh, she's showing small, very small signs of improvement. She's getting a little bit of the numbness is going away in her right leg. She's got it still bad in her left. Um, The numbness is going slightly away in her right leg. Um, she's doing a little bit more. I've been working with her leg exercises and feet exercises. She's doing a little bit more energy to pop up for higher kicks. Um, beginning when all this was happening, she got her first treatment. I was doing leg exercises where I was bending her knee back, bending her leg back, and she was not able to push forward. She's done that the last two treatments now where she's able to push forward a little bit with her own leg. Um, her, her, uh, thigh, her right thigh is getting a little bit of feeling again. The numbness is going away. She's still got a little bit of numbness up in her stomach, up to her, uh, right underneath her, uh, boobs area. And, um, now she's moved over to a physical therapy rehab center, still in the same part of Toledo, a different hospital, St. Charles Hospital east side of Toledo. Um, This is a little bit smaller of a hospital than St. Vincent's. Myself, I've been a part of St. Charles back in the younger days. I've been treated. I went in there for pneumonia, stayed a week there in the hospital. I had a hernia operation there. I've had one of my, another time I had a kidney operation. I did time there. I did not, I have not, I really can't go back to St. Charles because St. Charles is a little bit of more of a private hospital and it's not covered on my insurance, the Paramount. And uh, I can't really do nothing operation-wise. If I'm to get to another operation, there's another hospital on the east side called Bay Park. And I was at Bay Park a while back in 2006. I had my second hernia operation, and they cover my insurance, and I could go to Toledo Hospital and whatnot. And Toledo Hospital was another place I had my other second kidney operation. 
And um, St. Charles, I really can't do that no more. So my wife is a part of the St. Charles that's on her insurance. They brought her over here for a transfer, and they have supposed to have a good rehab facility. They, she's going to be in there for the next 10 days, and she's going to try to apply if she feels like she needs more time and uh, work you know, another maybe week after. Um, 10 days she's going to be in there. They're supposed to work her each day for three to four hours a day and push her and give her all the main exercises. May do an electric shock down there, you know, to shoot the nerves, wake the nerves up where she can get some feeling with the brain and the nerves and down in the leg, you know, saying, Hey, you got to walk. And she's going to go through extensive, uh, physical therapy treatments where she'll be learning to walk all over again. And that, and her mindset right now, you know, she's been worried, worried about it the past few days, was talking about it, just scared, worried, you know, and the nurses were telling her there tonight, you know, you got nothing to worry about, you're going to do this positive mindset, you know, I spoke up and said, yeah, she's got a daughter's birthday coming up March 10th, well, that's the goal, you're going to be out of here, and you're going to be walking and doing stuff for your daughter's birthday on March 10th, you know, she, you're a little baby girl, and that's your motivation right now, more than anything. You know, you motivate yourself and motivate to walk for your baby girl and be for your daughter for the rest of her life. You now, as long as she needs us. You know, and I get, you know, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, it's true, you know. And um, tomorrow she's supposed to meet with the doctors and everything. And uh, her not able to walk, they're going to stick her in a shower, a custom shower. You know, and she'll be able to sit down and be able to bathe and wash her hair and clean up a little bit and get a fresh bath because she hasn't had a fresh shower in that probably for the past 11 so days, odd days. Um, she was in St. Vincent's Hospital for about 11 days, 11 and a half days. We had a great experience over there in St. Vincent's Hospital. The nurses were very friendly, and they all worked with her, came and talked to her. She, you know, got things off her chest, things were bothering her. She asked a lot of questions, and the nurses and the doctors all filled everything out. I had a little small hiccup with my with St. Vincent's. I um, took the paperwork in there on the 19th of January, and I had everything filled out, and I said, hey, I'll give it to a nurse. I said, hey, the doctor's got to fill this out. Would they be willing to fax this to the company? I My, my job works through, and I can get be set for FMLA, so I don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll do that and all that. I kept looking. I had the app for my uh, call-offs and FMLA responsibilities, and I kept seeing nothing was really changing in the progress of the case that I applied for the file claim. So eventually I had to call to the company Morningstar Health and um, ask, I said, did you guys receive my information, my paperwork? And they said, no. And this is now a week later, January 26, my claim for this FMLA time was going to end on February 2nd. And I really didn't realize, and I looked at the calendar, I said, holy shit, it's going to be February already next week. And I said, my claim would be expired. And I, you know, I was pissed myself. I said, damn, you know, like the hospitals just don't give a shit. You know, you guys are, uh, I'm jeopardizing my job, putting my job on the line. You guys are not doing the proper thing. And, um, 
one nurse said, well, you're just going to have to get the paperwork again and reapply for everything, and we can fill it out and make sure it gets filled out and sent. And then I wound up printing it out at the local library, and then I took it in there. I filled my part out. My wife filled out her part, gave it, um, was getting ready to give it to the nurse to do it all over again. And then one nurse, mainly uh, responsible, like caseworker and nurse, she wound up finding the paper, the original paper, and the files. And she gave it back to me, and I just said, okay, I'm just going to take it to my job, and they can fax it. And they wound up doing that for me the day after. And then, and then I look at my app now, and I see that it's progressing. You know, they're looking at my case file. Now I should know. I should, I should be in good shape. I applied for the FMLA. I got the hours already. I used three days last week. This week I was off on a vacation week. Next week, I've already claimed my report off for the week, and that won't affect my attendance. FMLA off five days, and then my hours will be down. I have to keep track of my hours. I get an extra 60 days throughout the year for FMLA, and uh, I'm good to go. I'm eating a cookie, too, besides drinking rum and coke. <laughs> I'm... So, um, yeah, regards to all that, life is good. She's good spirits. Um, this rehab center, um, with all this happening, she has not seen my daughter in the past 11 and a half days. The main hospital, St. Vincent's, wouldn't allow any kids in there. But this rehab facility is allowing... For my wife to see my daughter finally face to face after you know eleven twelve days period, and she's excited to see baby girl tomorrow. Now baby girl gives her the same love and shows gratitude. You know sees mama in person, and she'll definitely be crawling up in the bed and laying with mama and snuggling. My wife's gonna wind up uh, braiding her hair tomorrow and take care of it, comb it out good and and that and. You know, just, just helpful, you know, be a mom duty deal. And then she's willing to cut the nails for my daughter and everything because I really never cut a child's nails and I don't want to hurt her. So my wife's used to doing all this, like I said, you know, getting her off to school and cleaning her up and bathing her. And I'm, I'm doing that now throughout the week. I'm feeding her breakfast in the morning, get her dressed do her hair. I've been learning ponytails. I've been going on YouTube and y'all can laugh at me for that one. Put it up on Twitter. I learning to do ponytails to tie up a proper ponytail to put her hair back so her hair don't look like a mess. When I was doing everything, getting her off to school and everything, I've had having trouble with the hair and I wound up emailing my kid's teacher and it asked her, you know, filled her in what was going on. You know, wife's been in the hospital now because of COVID and I said, having a little struggle right now, you know how dads are, you know, dads really ain't good at all that, and teachers laughed it off, and oh, no problem, I'll take care of it, you know, and she's been helping out periodically throughout the week, where teachers don't, ain't really supposed to do that, but this teacher is very humble and real nice about it, to, you know, make baby girl feel presentable in class and everything, and she knows that mama, you know, can't do, you know, clean her up and get her hair properly. So yeah, tomorrow's going to be the visitation day. 
Maybe I'll have to try to post up a picture on Twitter for you guys to see Mama and, Mama and Baby Girl together again a face-to-face. When she was in the hospital, the main hospital, they did video chat and FaceTime each other throughout the week. and Just still not the same. My wife wants the you know, motherly instincts, wants to feel her baby girl be present, be, you know, and hold her, you know, again and everything. And they're going to finally get to do that, you know, happy ending there, you know. Going through the rough patch now, this is the next chapter of her life. If she's taking this rehab for the next 10 days, and hopefully she get a little bit longer if she needs it. And we're hoping for good progress, and no, it ain't going to be an overnight deal, as we're seeing now that it's going to take a couple weeks. There have been some cases that the COVID has attacked different people in their spinal cords, where they've been paralyzed from the waist down, and a lot of people have been feeling better in a two, three-week period. You know, this has been about a week, seven, eight, nine days now. You know, may give it another week by the end of next week. Who knows, you know, how things will work where she'll be able to get feeling down there in her lower body and be able to walk, you know. And maybe the PT might not be, you know, might not be run its full course. Um, she's going to play it safe. She knows anything could happen with this COVID. Not people don't know how COVID works. And she's going to, you know, take this physical therapy and... If she comes home and she's still not able to really fully go around 100%, that I'll help her with her exercises and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we're going to go from there and hoping that maybe, you know, I'm going to take this stuff in my late time. I'm off next week. Going to take it week by week and that and stay with her until... Now she's able to able to take care of our daughter in the evening and walk around a little bit. She can have the help of her sister and my mom, if need be, to get my daughter off to school in the morning. And I can go back to work, you know. I'm enjoying the time off too, but I kind of do miss a little bit of the work. Sad as me, sad as me saying that. And um. But everything's going good, though. She's alert. She's talking to her sisters on the phone. She's playing on the phone. Her game's on the phone. Text messaging people or inquiring, asking about her. She had her best friend, the girl that set us up together, came during the middle of the week, fed us some uh, Cinco de Mayo Mexican food. I had some tacos. She had taco salad. She had a couple days last this past week. She had uh, high sugar levels. Her glucose and all that was super high because she had steroids in her and she wound up eating a taco cell and it was a little bit rich and her her uh, sugar levels were a little high. But all that steroid and everything's all out of her now and she's getting back down to uh, very low sugar levels and she's watching what she's eating now and she knows when she gets out of here and she's home, you know, no more of the snacking and the picking out and everything. And she's going to watch her weight and wants to get herself active, exercise, walking, lose the pounds, control the diabetes so it don't break out again and have any issues. And she's going to follow up with doctor's appointments, physical therapy appointments, going to be able to do neurological visits from neurologists to make sure that it don't act up again on her you know, have any issues again where it's breaking down and we're going to go from there, you know. I see my wife's attitude's changing. She does have her little, you know, worrisome points, anxieties going up, 
afraid of everything, you know, and just got to be positive, you know, mainly for her, it's a mental mind state, you know, and, um, yeah, everything's going good, and I'll probably have another update for you here, you know, maybe next week or next two weeks, our, how her progress is going, by then, you know, maybe she'll be a 50, 60, 70% walking or have to walk and use a cane and stuff. And um, we're just going to go from there. I'm happy, optimistic, you know, feeling good about everything. So with all that said and done, you know, I gave you the rundown of everything. Um, what my wife, you know, how my wife's progression's going and doing a lot better and stuff. And... Um, Excited to see what's going to happen now. This is the new phase chapter of her life. And she's going to be able to handle it and conquer and overcome it and be able to walk again. Be able to, you know, be with her family and spend time with her sisters and, you know, move on in life. And she wants to, she said once she'd be able to walk and she's 100%, she wants to go back to St. Vincent's Hospital to the fifth floor and show the wonderful nurses that, attended and took care of her very well and she can walk in and look look and say hey thank you guys i'm back walking again on my feet and you know appreciate the love and everything and thank you you know and we're gonna make sure we do that you know and i'll probably try to take a video of that and maybe i'll throw that down the line sometime on the social media so you guys can see it yourself commercial break so, <clears throat> you may hear my daughter in the background. She may come down here to interrupt, so you hear a little bit of noise. It's her coming down and crashing the show. <laughs> so, talked about the highs and the positives of everything going on. And um, I want to share a little bit from the heart what I've been thinking about, what's been bothering me. I'm not thinking about it now as much. And... Um, just want to throw this out there, you know, please don't take this the wrong way. Don't think of this as a downer, you know, um, I want to, don't want to depress anybody, you know, I have any mixed feelings and that it's just me in my mind, just thinking of worst case scenario of everything that happened. And, uh, like I said, don't take this to heart, you know, I just, what I've been thinking about and that, and I'm glad everything's turned out. I'm glad it's not fallen to that deep hole where it was the worst case scenario that come true. And that, and, um, I just want to, I'm going to, I'm going to go through this and talk about this from the heart. When Tuesday happened last week, she took, you know, she called for the paramedics and everything. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take it back. Uh, it was Monday, actually. I took a time off of work, and I didn't start my FMLA on a Monday. It was the 17th on Martin Luther King Day. The legs in her in her system felt the numbness in the nerves, and they were starting to get worse for her. She was laying in a chair, and she didn't really sleep all night because she was in pain, grimacing in pain. And she knew that the time was you know, limited where she was going to, she was actually hurting it was going to get worse, so she wound up going Monday to the emergency room, Toledo Hospital, and she wanted to see what was going to happen. She said, it may be a good chance if they keep me, that they'll keep me, you know, stay in the hospital for a time being. 
Um, I, I said, okay, you know, she said, well, can you take off of work? And I really didn't want to report off of work because my attendance was a little bit on the borderline. But I said, you know what, I can swing a day. I said, that's fine. I did a, did a call off and everything. And I had to stay here for my daughter while she was sleeping. And, and, uh, and um, I didn't sleep much that day. About five hours of sleep, I got up and I sat up while my wife wound up driving to the emergency room. She leaves for the emergency room, and she said, I'll just keep you posted what's going on, you know. And I just was scared for her, and I seen she just was not herself, and she was in a world of pain. I watched her, you know, she walked very slowly and hobbly, hobbling to the car, and she was able to drive herself to ER. She call, she calls me, and she says that, hey, Ben, I'm coming home. Toledo Hospital's not keeping me. They're, it's not life-threatening. And uh, one nurse was real mean to her. Said, "Oh, you're gonna be. It's good. I'll do the COVID. You're gonna wind up uh, having sickness for two weeks. You know, you're gonna have to stay here for two weeks." <laughs> and it just upset my wife and hurt my wife's feelings. She said, "How am I gonna be home for two straight weeks, not able to walk?" And then once she, you know, she left and she said, "Well, ER's not treating me. I'm not gonna get to stay in the hospital. I'll be home." And then I was, I was like, "Wow, shocked and sad," you know. Which led to Tuesday as her going to the, you know, getting called, calling for the ER, going back to the hospital to St. Vincent's where they did take her, you know, Toledo Hospital can get a big FU to them for not accepting my wife in the care. And that, and, um, she come home, you know, and she just rested up for the day and that, and I kind of went back and sleep and laid down and everything. But when she left, to go to the ER as she got in the car I watched her through the door drive away I just bawled I was just sad I was just thinking in my mind oh my god you know and I spoke about this in the last podcast I said um, all this that happened to her it was one year ago that her dad died the 18th of January 2021 of COVID he had full blown COVID by then he was almost pushing 80 and everything, 79 years old, and, and COVID pneumonia had got the best of him where he died. And that, and, um, I just had little things that stem across everything, Christmas time, New Year's Eve time, going into 2022, I made a comment to myself, I said, man, I said, we got a brand new year coming, I said, who's going to die next? Because we had the family deaths in the family. 19 was the brother-in-law, 20 was the mother-in-law, 2021 was the father-in-law and the stepmother-in-law. They all passed away. Her mom didn't have COVID. Her mom just was battling with arthritis and it wound up catching up to her. And as of 19, my brother-in-law committed suicide. And then I saw, man, 2022, who's going to go next? You know, who's going to be deaths? And then I just, I stopped and I was thinking in my head subconsciously, you know, don't think like that, you know. Think about the positivity. Think about life, you know. Think about additions to the family. And think about your daughter, that you're going to be here for your daughter. Uh, my wife's niece wound up having a baby of her own and made us great aunt and great uncle. And then her little baby's going to need her, all the relatives and family and love and support, you know. God don't, you know, please, I said, please, God, don't let nobody, you know, 
pass on this coming up here in 2022. And that, and then she got ill after the COVID all passed and then in the spinal when the inflammation was going. As I said, as I was saying, she, she drove away from the hospital. The negativity, the devil hid inside me. The negativity just poured upon me. I got sad and I got real, I got real neurotic and I got real distraught. And I just started crying. And I said, please, Lord, you know, I cried. I said, please, Lord, do not take my wife. I said, she needs to be here on this planet. She needs to be here for her daughter, be here for her sisters. And then I said, don't take her. I said, if you're going to take somebody, I said, take me. And I'm crying. I'm saying this to myself. I said, take me. I said, I'm not good at this single parent shit. You know, and I didn't, I felt like that at the time, you know. I still kind of feel like it, you know, but I know I've had a good week this week, you know, taking care of baby girl as mom's been in the hospital. But at this is just, like I said, this is going off my mind and what I'm thinking. And I just said, Lord, if you're going to take somebody, take me. I said, Angela could do better off without me. She'll be set money-wise, 401k and everything. And, and that, and I said, she could go stay with her sister. She's got support from her sisters and her family. And whenever she can, my mom and dad can help out. And I said, you know, let her be the single parent. Let her, you know, able to run things. And then if I did pass, you know, I said, don't take her away from me, Lord. Because I just started thinking in my mind, worst case scenario, you know, she passes away. I become a single parent. Now, I think as for me as a single parent, I'm like, oh, God, you know, what's going to happen? Let's throw that out there that she did pass away. I'm going to go into another little story of what the doctors told her to. Um, thinking in the worst case scenario now that she passed away, I would be the single parent. I would have little help from the sisters, but they could only do so much. And they live about 20, 30 minutes away from me, 25 minutes at that. But both of my sister-in-laws, sorry, not sisters, sister-in-laws, both of my sister-in-laws, they're busy. They got kids of their own. And they're dealing with their families and everything. And they can only help so much. Um, my mom and dad, for those that know my mom and dad, they're not the most up-to-date kept keeping up in modern terms their grandparents were not not fully 100 percent uh committed grandparents a lot of grandparents are committed and you know willing to step up and take care you know if, if a sickness happened in a family or a death happened in a family that the grandparents would step in and help out as much as they can that's not the case with my folks um I would be hurting there. My mom's not a dependent person. She's or independent person. She depends on others. She doesn't have a driver's license. She would be a battle and a hassle for her to try to get her license to where she could run my daughter to school, take her to doctor's appointments, able to pick my daughter up from school. Um, 
I'm thinking my dad too, he's second shift. He's been on second shift for 40 plus years. I would not see him move to day shift to help out in that situation. Um, he has no interest right now, plans to retire. Um, yeah, um, so I'd be kind of struggling there trying to battle with them to get them to help me. Living in this house now, I'm living in a nice home. Me and Ange got this for six figures. And we're still paying on this house. It's going to be a long time before this house gets paid off. And I'm hoping it'll be paid off before I can actually retire. Um, if my wife were to pass, and um, I probably would not be able to keep this house. I would love to keep this house. I would have to sell and see what I could get. I don't know all the real estate mumble jumble and all that, but I would have to try to sell this to get a little bit of money. Um, me and me and my daughter, we would probably have to go back to my parents' house, where maybe I could stay for two to three years. But I don't know how my parents' health is going to be. You know, may my folks may go for another ten to fifteen more years. Who knows? They're up there in their sixties now. My dad's getting to a point where he's losing his vision and his eyes. My mom's having a tough time with things, cleaning. She may be getting early case of arthritis. I don't know, you know. It just don't know how long, how that would be in a long term. I could be over there with my daughter living for a few years to where I could save up. That would be the thing. I would be there for, you know, a three-year period. I could save up as much money as I can be able to help out a little bit with my folks and everything and food wise to feed my daughter and buy clothes for my daughter. I would be back in the north end of town, ghetto town. The neighborhood that my folks live in is a lot worse than it was when I left in 2012. I do really not want to bring my daughter into that environment. We would be living with my folks where they smoke cigarettes and then the cigarette stench would be in the clothes. It could affect us in our lungs, affect my daughter badly where she has issues and she could have lung trouble like I do because I have bronchitis of history of bronchitis. I had pneumonia. Um, just thinking of all that, I would be with, like I said, I'd be with my folks for a few years, saving up as much as I can. And then there would be times where I maybe would be able to get together at my one sister-in-law house out in Holland, Ohio, get together so where they could see an Amelia, spend time with her. You know, we could all do something, go to dinner and everything. And now you got to remind yourself in death, everybody comes out of the woodwork to come help you. You know, they lend a hand to help you get through the tough time, you know. Once the buzz goes away after your loved one dies, a lot of the people that were there to help you, dedicate you, that come out of the woodwork, they go back and they disappear and they go into their lives. And now you're basically, you're barely trying to find people to help you out. Um, they're going on with their lives and everything, so you got barely a little bit of family time, but they can only help you for so much as they're going and being busy to their life, you know, sticking with their life. Like I said, my sister-in-law's got their kids and that shit they got to take care of. And um, 
you know, the help runs out, you know, and then you're stuck again. What do you do? Square one. My daughter's special needs. I don't want her going to the elementary school in my parents' neighborhood. She's going to get set up to where she's going to go to the elementary school. They're supposed to have a special needs building in the school to take care of her when she goes to kindergarten next year. Um, I really wouldn't want to leave this neighborhood. I like this neighborhood. It's a peaceful, quiet neighborhood. No trouble, no commotion. I love my house. Smoke-free, no cigarettes. Um, if I did go back with my parents, do I stay there for three years and save up as much as I can and then maybe move into an apartment? If it was me and my daughter, live in an apartment as much as I could. Um, Job-wise, too, that's the main thing. I don't know if I'd be able to stay on days. Um, would I be able to jump the thirds at, you know, if things happen where I could get my daughter off to school in the morning next year for kindergarten and pick her up? I'd come home and I'd nap as much as I could. And then the evening would come, I'd have to watch her and I would be able to get a nap in before I'd go to work on third. Um, would I be able to stay on day shift and then add somebody to go pick her up? Well, that would be my case. My mom not getting her license. If she would get her license and had a car of her own, she could go pick them, pick my daughter up from school every day where I'll be at work and I wouldn't have to worry about that. But I just don't see that happening. Um, a lot of things in this house that belong to my wife would, you know, have to get rid of things, have an estate sale. My stuff, personal belongings, get stuff hauled back over to the neighborhood and back into my parents' house. My daughter's toys, my daughter's clothes. Um, getting that all together, taking that over to my folks' house. Just crazy. I'm going to take a commercial for a minute. So, like I said, it would be a struggle for me being a single parent if my wife were to die. So, now if I died... My wife would be here at the house. She would probably have to sell the house, but then she's got her sisters who she could be closer to. She'd have her niece that could maybe help out if need be. You know, um, her sisters would be mainly help her closer. She could probably go crash at, at my sister-in-law's house, her sister out in Holland. Have to live in there. Um, as my wife would work, her sister could sit with Amelia for the evening. My wife has the stay-at-home cushy job where she works for Home Shopping Network, Grandin Road. Um, she could have some of the cousins, older cousins, family members that can maybe help out. Her family's not as big as mine, but it's bigger. That makes sense. Is as big. She, I think, would be more off better. She would be good. Uh, she'd get my 401k. She'd get my pension, a little bit of pension I get from my work. Um, like I said, the house would have to be for sale. She'd probably have to do an estate sale in that situation, go through my stuff, you know, figure out what to do with my stuff. Clothes could donate them, give them to the nephews, my music CDs, keep a few that I said for. You know, my daughter, to Cav down the road, to Eminem, Tupac, and Aaliyah, and stuff like that. Snoop, maybe. 
and keep my 80s music together. Um, go through, you know, I don't have much. She's got more stuff for her than I do for me here in this house. Um, like I said, it would be an estate sale. Everything would go. She maybe would go to her si sisters and live for three to five years. No. Maybe she would do the same thing in a situation scenario where she could save up her money to where she could get a small place of her own. If she got a little bit of my work money, she could take that and uh, make a payment down and get a little one-story house for her and my daughter if I was not around. My folks could see baby girl. Every so often, my wife would bring her around over in the north side of Toledo to where they could visit. And hopefully my folks would go out to wherever my wife would live. And, um, but honest, my honest truth, honest opinion, you know, if one of us were to pass, it'd be me first. As, as, as that would sound, weird as that sounds, you know. I hope that it don't happen for a long, long time and that we both be around for a long time to see our daughter grow up and have a family of her own to where she'd be taken care of. We teach her the ways of the world and learn to be responsible and maybe independent and not depend on anybody. Be a strong woman, go to college, get you a good degree in financial security. I would die first. I would want to be cremated. I think my wife would want to be cremated. I'm sure my wife would cremate my ashes and then have a little necklace with my ashes in the necklace and do little fancy plaques as they did for my brother-in-law when he passed. They did that, took some of his ashes and created it. And their mom that passed, they did some ashes for her. Little knickknacks, remember keepsakes. My sister-in-law wears a necklace of my brother-in-law's ashes and a cross. You know, I hope my wife would do all that. I, I think I would do that for my wife, too. If she, she, like I said, she wants to be cremated. You know, I would go with her wishes there. And maybe I'd do a necklace and carry my wife around, you know, all the time. And I told my wife, I said, you guys, if I were to die first, you know, cremate my ashes. And then down the road, take some of my ashes or all my ashes, you know. If you want to keep a little for yourself, you can, but take majority of my ashes and go out to West California and dump it in the Pacific Ocean. Let me drift off into the ocean, you know. Let me, let me have that, let me have that wish and stuff. Um, if my wife were to pass, I honestly, you know, I know it's fate and destiny, you know. I could say one thing and God could have plans and wind up arranging being with somebody later on down the road because God could wind up putting me together with somebody to help Amelia. Amelia would need a stepmom, a new mom, you know. But it would be a long time. I honestly, my opinion, my heart and my brain, my my way of thinking, I just don't think I could see myself get married again. I just don't see it happening. My personality, I'm too set in my ways. Self-confidence level shot. When you don't feel good about yourself, 
and stuff. And, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where, you know, I meet somebody and that woman wind up having a kid of their own. It could go good. It could go bad, you know. And if I did meet somebody that had a kid of their own and everything worked out and it felt right, the good vibes, say my new wife would have uh, be a single mom of a little boy. So I'm a single dad of a little girl. And we all got together and, you know, became a family. And then my little girl and her little boy, you know, be stepbrother and stepsister, you know. And um, I just, I just don't know. Like I said, I don't see that happening. But like I said, just the way God plays everything out, you know, it's crazy. Um, my, me being overweight, my parts don't work down there. You know, when it comes to the intimate moments, the equipment really don't work. Sucks, you know, but it's just due to the sugars and the bad eating that I've had throughout the years and everything. And I've dealt with ED for a long time and stuff. And that would just be an embarrassment too, to the new person. If I met somebody down the road. Now, if I were to die and my wife down the road moved on and met somebody through a church or wherever, I could see her getting married and, you know, and baby girl would have a new stepdad. I wouldn't want to see my daughter be raised by another man. You know, thank God that we'll never get a divorce. But I guess in that situation, if I were to pass and my daughter or, you know, my family and my wife and my daughter move on and met somebody. And if I, I could see for myself spiritually that. My daughter would get a new stepdad in life, a dad that would take care of her and treat her right. You know, that would make me happy. And I could see my wife, she's a little bit more of an outgoing personality. She has her kinks and quirks, but she's a little bit more of an outgoing, nice personality to where she could meet that special someone before I would meet that special someone. And, um, you know, that's the scenario there. And, um, like I said, just the worst case scenario, I was just thinking of everything and then it, and her dad dying on the 18th of 2021, it just was the main thing that triggered everything. Um, COVID happening with my wife, I don't know how that would work and act in her body, how her health conditions are, her diabetes history. And then it just had me worried. It just had me plaguing my mind. I'm driving down the road and I'm tearing up and I'm crying and shit over nothing. And that, and, um, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad and I'm fortunate. I'm glad and I'm fortunate that nothing's going to happen to my wife. I'm glad she's going to pull through this and the physical therapy is going to go real well. And she's going to get herself back to hundred percent walking and we're going to get our life together to where we can get healthy again and be able to walk and get some exercise and live for a long time to where we can see our daughter grow up. You know, we get, we get to grow old together. You know, I want to live, I'd live to be 80 would be great for me as long as I got a fresh mindset and not have any issues, health problems and stuff. And I know I got a lot of time left in me. I'm going to be here for my daughter and 
teach her things and help her grow up and get ready for the kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and so on, you know. My wife, the same thing too, you know. Sound off. Let me know on Twitter. What do you think? Was I wrong to think of worst case scenarios? But, you know, was it okay for me to think of a worst case scenario? You know, you just don't know how it goes on. You know, if you have health scares or you have a loved one that has a health scare, a lot of shit that just runs through your mind, you know, and you're just concerned for your, you know, what's going to happen if anything does happen. Like I said, my wife, you know, COVID, how does things act for her? Would she go into the hospital with the COVID and inflammation of the spine? Would it attack her heart? Would she have a stroke? Her stepmom wound up dying of a stroke first. She had the stroke from COVID. And then eventually it killed her all in the same day. You know, I said, would my wife have that same issue? Hopefully not, you know. And then just thinking of her dad passing on the 18th, five days later from his wife passing. And that, and, you know, here's my wife going one year later. You know, just all kinds of crazy shit that run through her head. Um, little side note, I'll, I'll pass along. This might be the last. I'm going to try to wrap this up here. Little side note that uh, pass along. When my wife was in the hospital, had these different doctors come in and talk. And I think it was the neurosurgeon, neural doctor that come in and talked to her. And she was inquiring about, um, am, I, am I in here, this inflammation of the spine? Am I in here because of the vaccine? You know, did the vaccine cause this? Is it other things in my body? And the doctor basically set out flat out to her. He said, no, this is not due to the vaccine. The vaccine actually prevents and helps keep you from getting seriously sick and putting you on your deathbed or killing you or putting you in a ventilator state. The vaccine gives a little bit of immune, build your immune system and antibodies is supposed to be able to fight it. If you are to get sick from COVID, that it's not going to seriously affect you where you'll be out of commission for a while. Um, you guys got the, you guys got the, she's in the doctor said, you guys got the vaccine when my wife said, me and my husband, we got it in May. And he turned around, he said to her, he said, well, if you would have gotten the vaccine in May and you would have had these issues, the inflammation of the spine, the seriousness, and you guys would have been admitted uh, seven to 10 days after the vaccine, then you could cause, blame cause that the vaccine did this. And uh, you could even wind up gotten a lawsuit out of that. You know, the vaccine wasn't effective, but since you guys surpassed the seven month you guys want about seven months before all this happened you know it's not due to the vaccine be thankful that the vaccine you both got the vaccine that your husband was able to have the mild symptoms and survive past it through the three and a half four days and you're taking a little bit of a longer situation you are taking longer because you had a weak immune system your immune system was attacking you and um, as the neurosurgeon was telling my wife, he's saying, now, if you didn't have this vaccine and you would have took and s taken sick uh, New Year's, 
you know, January 2nd, 3rd, when she got sick, if you wouldn't have had this vaccine with your history of the family diabetes, I will tell you honestly, this vaccine would have killed you. Now, like, damn, okay, we wouldn't have gotten vaccinated. The worst case scenario would have came true. I would have been, you know, with my wife for nine years. I've got to experience my love for nine and a half years, true love for nine and a half years. I would have lost my wife if we wouldn't have been vaccinated. The vaccination prevented us from getting seriously ill, sickness or death. And then it just like mind boggled my wife like, wow, you know, whoa. And she just up reading some stuff on Google and everything. There was articles that said the same thing the doctor told her, you know. And he, she told me of this. I wasn't in the room, but she was just telling me everything that went on while she was laying in the hospital this week. And I said, oh, we're very thankful, you know. And, um, yeah, so that's, like I said, that's my wild ride. I wanted to um, tell you the update of my wife. And I wanted to share you, share to you what I was feeling from the heart tonight, tonight, this heart and soul, what I've thought about these past seven to 10 days, the worst case scenario. I know it's not going to happen now. My wife's getting better, positive thinking, happy thoughts, move ahead. She's going to get this rehab. She's going to get walking again, and we're going to be around for a long time, get her, uh, weight down and get her exercise and nip this in the bud if we were to get COVID again this year that we'd be sick where it wouldn't do nothing this drastic to where we would be hospitalized myself or her and that and I'm glad that everything worked out no worst case scenario thankful for the Lord of that pray to him every day about everything thank you for not taking my wife and not taking me and um pretty much it i'm just trying to think you know this was a good podcast tonight good talk with everybody i felt strong about this um yeah you know chime in what you think of the show you know let me know what's going on you know was i wrong to think of the worst case scenario was i right and wrong you know let me know you know and um Stay tuned again, you know, down the road here shortly, maybe in another week or two, then I'll give you another update how the wife's rehab went and if she's walking on her own. I'll try to post up videos and pictures up on YouTube for you guys to see and maybe Instagram for those who follow me on Instagram and stuff. And um, thank you guys for listening. Shout out to uh, Whiskey before I go and Hopefully everything's well with you, homie. I'll get the touch base with you soon. and We may get to knock out a podcast this weekend. So you might get a double dose here. Another good show come out of me. Uh, shout out to my buddy Cameron, longtime buddy from Woodward. Been a big supporter of the show. and um, He's listening to the podcast. He likes them a lot. And shout out to the other people who listen to the show. Appreciate all the love and support, and check me out on all the main apps, Google app or Google Playlist, Spotify, Pandora, probably, Anchor. There's some other uh, websites that you can listen to my podcast. 
you know, check it out, you know. I'm getting a growing audience. Whiskey did a Twitter plug for me. A little bit more people saw that. And hopefully it opens the door for people me to for people to listen to my show and I can get a growing audience. I would love to do something fun like this for a full-time audience, but it's a lot of time and work. I don't have the time for that with me being a father and me going to work for a 40-hour deal, you know. If I could make a quick million dollars, then maybe, yeah, I could do that and then retire from my 40-hour 9-to-5 job. But I like this podcast. Simple, easy. I talk, say what's on my mind, and share to you, the viewers. You know, you guys listen and appreciate all the love and support. And thank you guys and tune in next time. Like it or not, I'm here to stay. Peace.